It is good to lift up the praises of the Lord together. What a blessing. As Travis said uh, earlier, we're stepping into a sermon series and thinking about our worship life and looking at seven passages from the New Testament that are significant passages that teach us about our worship life. Travis often uses the definition of worship that is this. It is bringing all of who you are before all of who he is, who God is, and allowing that communion to change your life. I love that definition, and and some uh, have been doing that together this morning. We, We bring all of who you are. That is my strengths, my weaknesses, my personality, my struggles, my illnesses, my pain, my frustrations, my doubts. All of who we are before all of who He is, who God is. He is omnipotent. He's all-powerful, all-knowing. His love, His justice, His mercy, His faithfulness, His gentleness, all of who we are before all of who He is and allowing that communion to change our life. That's worship. And this morning we look at how the, the connection between worship and gratitude, those two are intrinsically connected. We'll see how our eyes on our blessings bring our knees to the floor in worship. We'll look at Ephesians 1, chapter, uh, well, chapter 1, verses 3 through 14 in a moment, but first I want to show you a picture and tell you a story. The picture is of my son, Josiah, and our pet, Cooper. Cooper is around two years old. He's incredibly enthusiastic, maybe too enthusiastic. He's got lots of energy, and Cooper shows unbridled enthusiasm, I'm sorry, unbridled gratitude for things done for him. So it is true, sometimes we, have, we take Cooper outside and there's, uh, we put a stake outside and have a long leash to that stake and he's attached to the leash and he doesn't like it a lot because he would rather run completely free outside. So when we come and free him from that leash, he shows us unbridled gratitude. He jumps and licks and jumps and licks and runs circles around you and jumps and licks some more and runs more circles. Every fiber of his being is oozing forth unbridled gratitude for what we've done to rescue him from that leash. It could even be true that when we're inside just hanging out in our living room talking and Cooper once needs to be with us at all times because he likes that so much. So if we're just talking and he's laying down, if I say, Cooper, come, he will leap up out of his laying position, run over to me and jump and lick and jump and lick as if to say, I'm so glad you noticed me. Thank you for saying my name and thank calling me over. And he's, he's bursting forth with unbridled gratitude. So the question for me to consider, for us to consider, is um, what would it look like for us to have that kind of unbridled gratitude for things done for us? So initially you might think, well, that would be awkward, and that 
could be the case. Um, or, or the more cynical part of us would say, well, you know, let's be real. Cooper is a dog. He's um, short-sighted. He is impulse-driven. Um, we, as human beings, we think in much more complicated ways. We're not nearly as short-sighted. We have the whole context in mind. So whereas we may be super grateful about one thing, you know, the rest of life and the context of life, it kind of tempers our gratitude. That may be the case, but I think it's helpful nonetheless to consider this unbridled gratitude, this picture that Cooper shows us. So the, the passage that we'll look at this morning, Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, Paul is giving us a list. Paul is telling us some reasons that we have for unbridled gratitude. So let's look at what Paul has to say. Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 14. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship, through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he freely gives in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he has lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purposes of his will, in order that we who were first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for your revelation of yourself to us. So this is a, a beautiful passage. Paul lays these, um, these reasons for unbridled gratitude out before us. Verse 3 starts with this great introduction as we think about um, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul is referring to our triune God, God the Father, God the Son. And at the end of this passage, he refers to God the Spirit. So we look at our triune God and we acknowledge that he who has blessed us, the us that refers to followers of Jesus, the, if you are a follower of Jesus, then this passage is talking about the blessings that you have received. If you're not a follower of Jesus, then I encourage you to listen in. This will help you understand as you try to figure out what it means to follow Jesus. Listen to these blessings that are true of every follower of Jesus. Every follower of Jesus has received these things. So God has blessed us, that's follower of Jesus, followers of Jesus, in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. 
So I want to do this illustration that will help us understand the heavenly realms. And you've perhaps seen this before, and I've even used this before. If we think of this rope helping us to understand the heavenly realms. And the heavenly realms, that is, uh, you know, it, it includes the timeline that is eternity past and eternity future. That is the heavenly realms. So you think of this rope representing eternity past and eternity future. And, and the reality is we could wrap this rope around this room endlessly. And that is, that's the heavenly realms as opposed to um, the earthly realm, which is included in the heavenly realms. And we might see the earthly realm as the, you know, our up to 80, 100 years here on earth. So we think of the earthly realm, this piece of blue tape that you may or may not be able to see right on this rope. This is the earthly realm. So we have been blessed in the heavenly realms. So the heavenly realms, it includes the earthly realm, but it's eternity, future, eternity, past. But not only that, but the heavenly realms exist outside of time. So the heavenly realms is everything all around this. So we have been blessed in the heavenly realms with what? With spiritual blessings. Spiritual blessing is a blessing that comes from the Spirit or a blessing of the Spirit. Spiritual blessings are often invisible or they seem invisible, but they're no less real. The reality is, is, that, is that we, while we live in the earthly realm, our spiritual blessings often seem foggy or, or, or blurry or, or underrealized, but they're no less real. These spiritual blessings that exist in the heavenly realm. So we've been blessed in the heavenly realm with how many spiritual blessings? Every spiritual blessing. So whether Paul is speaking hyperbolically or whether he's speaking literally, his point is clear that we have been blessed. We have received countless spiritual blessings. We, we picked on Cooper a few moments ago because Cooper, his gratitude was so focused in on because of the moment, you know, and he didn't have a broader context in mind. And, and we, as, you know, deep thinking people, we have a broader context in mind, right? Maybe, sometimes, is our context any broader than the earthly realm? What would it look like if our context was so broad that, that we were thinking more clearly about every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm that we have received? You know, it's true that if we think about when we bring into view what we know of the heavenly realm, we begin to see our countless spiritual blessings. These blessings have been given to us in Christ. This, I love this reminder and the way God designed it, that, that it's not spiritual blessings all over the heavenly realms that we in this earthly realm have to figure out how in the world do I access or do I ever receive all of these spiritual blessings. And the way God designed it is we receive them in Christ, in the person, in Christ, person of Christ who walked on earth. We receive Every spiritual blessing through one person, through Christ. So we have received every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm 
through Christ. And what Paul does through the rest of this passage is he bursts into this list of, re- of these spiritual blessings that we've received. My, my count, I count six of them, and we'll, we'll walk through them relatively quickly. The first that Paul mentions is he says that God chose us. He chose us in him before the creation of the world to be blameless and holy. So he chose us, that is, he appointed us. He had the authority to appoint us and he made the choice to appoint us. Think of what it's like to be chosen. You can think back to elementary school in a, in a superficial way, but, but real in the moment how there were teams being picked and, and you were standing in line and when you were picked for the team, you felt relief that you had been chosen. In high school, when you receive an award, when you're chosen for an award, you feel wonderful that you've been chosen for that award. As you move into adulthood and you realize or you get chosen for the position to which you applied, that is so fulfilling. It feels amazing to be chosen. Followers of Jesus, God chose you. You are chosen. Can you believe the the comfort and the identity that comes from being chosen? chosen by the living God. It may be that we're not chosen for the team, that we're not chosen for the award, that we're not chosen for the job, but we're chosen by the living God. That brings deep comfort and identity. So spiritual blessing number one, he chose us. Number two, he predestined us to be adopted predestined us in love for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace. To predestined is to to determine ahead of time. If you know Adam and Kelly Myers, you may um, discern that they have predestined that their children are going to be Boilermaker fans. Or... Or if you know the Zinteras, you may know that they have predestined that their children are going to be Illini fans. So predestined is to be determined ahead of time. God has predestined that we would be adopted as sons and daughters. To be adopted is a beautiful thing where a child is in a harmful place. They are rescued from that harmful place and put into a place of care. Can you believe that we have been adopted? God has predestined ahead of time that we would be adopted. Adoption is one of the most beautiful things that we experience, and it's something that we can live out. It's a way that we can live out a life of love on earth. Just as a brief aside, if you think about the the Supreme Court decision recently, and I pray that that decision leads to many unborn lives being saved in the future, what I imagine we will have the opportunity to do, followers of Jesus, is we will have the opportunity to love some of those lives, whether it's through supporting adoption or foster care or getting involved with CASA or serving at DCS, whether it's um, loving and caring for 
mothers with unwanted pregnancies. We will have these opportunities to live out the kind of love, to display the kind of love that God displays to us in his adoption of us as sons and daughters. Spiritual blessing number three that Paul lists is he, God, lavishes us with glorious grace. His glorious grace, which he freely gives. He doesn't give us grace because we are so special and we are great. Um, He gives us grace. It is unmerited. It is his gift to us. He redeems us. Spiritual blessing number four. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. To redeem or forgive is to release or set free, to cancel a debt. He redeems us. So when we rebelled against our maker, the creation rebelling against the creator, we break relationship with him and we experience spiritual death. And it's only by his grace that he comes and he redeems us from spiritual death and brings us into spiritual life. He redeems us. Spiritual blessing number five, he reveals the mystery of his will which he made known to us. If you think about for thousands of years, the people of the Jewish nation, they wondered how in the world God would save, would redeem his people, and it was a mystery to them. And we who live on this side of the cross, we know exactly how God will redeem his people. It's through the life and work of Jesus Christ. He has revealed his mystery to us. Number six, the spiritual blessing. He gives us his spirit. When you hear the message of truth, having believed you are marked in him with a seal who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. The spirit brings comfort and power. I love the the Jeremy Camp song, Same Power, I think it is, where it talks about the same power that raises um, the dead to life, that heals people. That same power is in us. The Spirit of God is in us. What an incredible blessing. So what does all of this teach us about worship? I believe that worship and gratitude are intrinsically connected So that having our eyes on our blessings brings our knees to the floor in worship. Having our eyes on our blessings brings our knees to the floor. That is, to to have our eyes on his blessings, it doesn't puff us up, but much the opposite. It humbles us and brings us into a worshipful posture with the living God. Our eyes on our blessings and our, brings our knees to the floor. That, that the humble position of being on the floor in worship with the Lord, that, that is a strong position. It's humble, but it's strong because we're realizing and we're, we're moving through his strength, not our own. Our eyes on our blessings bring our knees to the floor. It's not about avoiding or minimizing the difficulty in life, which is plentiful. 
My heart breaks as I I look out in the congregation and I can think of my own pain and difficulty, but multiply that by hundreds of people in our church family who have difficulty and illness and pain and are getting hurt by the brokenness of life when their own mistakes and the mistakes of others. And as we put our eyes on our blessings, we're bringing all of these things to the Lord with us. We're focusing, we're realizing, we're we're bringing our troubles to the Lord, but our spiritual blessings are always in view. So as we bring our troubles to the Lord and have our spiritual blessings in view, we are brought to our knees in worship. Our eyes on our blessings bring our knees to the floor. It's not all about us either. As we put our eyes on our blessings, we're reminded of the significance of spiritual blessings that we have experienced, and we grow in urgency to realize that I want others to know these spiritual blessings that are in Christ that we all desperately need. So I move out and seek to live a life of love so that others can move into experiencing the spiritual blessings that I get to experience. He chose us. He predestined us to be adopted as sons. He lavishes us with glorious grace. He redeems us. He reveals the mystery of his will and he gives us his spirit. Amen. I want you to enter into just a time of reflection with me as we look to the Lord, as we put our eyes on our blessings. We put our knees on the floor in worship to the Lord. Father, we recognize these ways that you have blessed us beyond what we deserve, beyond what we can imagine. Father, we take this moment now to express praise to you for your good gifts. Invite the worship team to come up as we just take some silent moments to to praise the Lord quietly on our own. As you pray and thank the Lord for his blessings after a moment, the worship team will lead us in to a response together. Speak to the Lord. Talk to him about these blessings.